Hello, friends. I'm Wayne Shepherd, your host on Encounter God's Truth. We have sorrow, but also joy, as we report to you that Mrs. Norma Whitcomb was welcomed into her heavenly home in the early morning hours of Sunday, December 12, 2021. Mrs. Whitcomb served courageously on the mission field in the Philippines for 11 years with her first husband, Robert Pritchett. After he passed away very unexpectedly, Norma married Dr. John C. Whitcomb. Amazingly, they were married for almost 50 years before Dr. Whitcomb's homegoing in early 2020. Mrs. Whitcomb played an integral role in her husband's ministry and had a huge part in the planning and launch of this radio program back in 2011. How blessed she is to celebrate Christmas in the presence of her Savior. And in that spirit, here's our program for this final Sunday before Christmas. The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Hello, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and with that familiar verse, I welcome you back to Encounter God's Truth with theologian Dr. John Whitcomb. Today, he continues his special series for Advent entitled, The Fears and Faith of Joseph. God's Word is true from the beginning to the end, and it gives us much information that we often overlook, such as we are studying about the man who is probably the most neglected person in the Christmas story, Joseph, the husband of Mary and legal father of Jesus. We've been learning much about him, so if you've missed either of the first two messages in this series, you can hear them again at sermonaudio.com forward slash Whitcomb. But now, if you're able, turn with us to Matthew chapter 1. Here's Dr. Whitcomb to bring us this series' concluding lesson with the most interesting title, Joseph, a Dreamer of Dreams. Friends, at this Christmas season, we focus our attention, of course, on Jesus. We're also fascinated, of course, with the young woman that God used to bring Jesus into the world to become a permanent member of the human race by virgin conception. But many people neglect the fact that Joseph, although he was not the actual father of Jesus, played a very significant part in the whole program of incarnation of God's Son. Listen to Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, the husband of Mary, that is, they were engaged now, you understand, being a righteous man, that means a born-again, a regenerated man, a believer, a saved man, not wanting to disgrace her desire to put her away secret. He loved Mary deeply. He was shocked to find that she was pregnant, not from him. And when he had considered this, he agonized over this whole thing. What happened? Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now, friends, notice carefully here. This angel of the Lord, who, of course, had appeared to Mary, that's Gabriel, is speaking to him in a dream. Now, remember, not once in the Bible does Joseph say anything, not one word that's recorded from him. But he's a godly man, a humble man, an obedient man, and therefore an essential man in this whole scenario. Now, what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to take this woman, who's already pregnant, remember, with Jesus, and make her officially his engaged wife. All this, verse 22, took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. This is from Isaiah 7:14. now. And Joseph, a godly man, knew this verse. 
He knew these prophecies of the Messiah, didn't he? Behold, the virgin, the virgin, Alma in Hebrew, Parthenos, Greek, shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. God with Emanu, with us, El, God. And what did Joseph do? Always, always, he obeyed, he obeyed, he obeyed. Listen, he rose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took her as his wife and kept her a virgin. This is an important part of the virgin conception of Jesus. He kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus, just like the angel told him to do. Jesus, Messiah, yes, Savior of the world. Now, friends, When you turn back to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, listen carefully to chapter 7. God, you remember, gave a sign to wicked King Ahaz. He offered him a sign. From the Lord your God, Isaiah said, make it deep as Sheol, as high as any sign you want to encourage you to obey the Lord of Israel, to obey God. Do you need an encouragement? And very facetiously, very wickedly, Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord sounding so pious, but he didn't want God to interrupt, interfere with, or cancel his own plans. Then he said, Listen now, O house of David. Isaiah, speaking for God, says to the whole nation, not to Ahaz anymore, Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men, that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, here it is, friends, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will show you a sign. To the whole nation of Israel, behold, a virgin, Ha'alma, Parthenos in Greek, will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now this is a divine person, friends. Look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 8. And the spread of its wings will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel, Emmanuel's land, Israel. Look at Isaiah eight ten. Devise a plan, he said to the enemies of Israel, but it'll be thwarted. State a proposal, but it'll not, ast- it'll not stand. You can't destroy this nation. Why not? For God is with us, Emmanuel. God is with us. That's still true, dear friends. You can talk all you want about Israel being attacked, destroyed, annihilated, wiped off the map. It can't happen. God has a commitment to that nation that will be fulfilled. But notice here, friends, back in Isaiah seven fourteen again. A virgin will be with child and bear a son. Now, as we've said, Joseph, being a godly Jew, knew this verse. And he now realized, in the light of this great statement back there 700 years earlier, that there would be God on earth in a human body who was conceived in the womb of a virgin. So I say, now, Lord, what an amazing thing you told that man in that dream that night. To do these things, to bring about the fulfillment of this prophecy of hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. Yes, Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord, that's Gabriel, had commanded him, and took her, that's Mary, as his wife, until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He kept her a virgin which means, of course, that after Jesus was born, normal relationships between Joseph and Mary began and they had their own children, who were therefore half-brothers, half-sisters to Jesus. Now, friends, 
Isn't it amazing what God did to Joseph in a dream? But that's not the last time he had a dream. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. After the wise men had been warned by God and went another way to escape from the wicked King Herod, look what happened to Joseph. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Now when they, the wise men, had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, probably Gabriel again, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother. Isn't that interesting? Not the mother and the child. The child first, uh, in my translation, a capital C. This is a really infinitely important person in that little family. It's not the mother. It's not Joseph. It's who? The child, Jesus. And do what? Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So, of course, Joseph obeys. He arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Not an easy adventure, friends. And, of course, they had money now, didn't they, to pay for all these travels because they had been given what? Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh by the wise men that doubtless was God's providential provision for them for this traveling. So he took the child by night with Mary and departed for Egypt. Many miles, long, treacherous routes, but they finally came to there. And he was there until the death of Herod. Now notice this, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Out of Egypt did I call my son. A quote from Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. Just as God called a disobedient nation under Moses to come out of Egypt, now he calls his perfect son to come out of Egypt. The place of protection, you see, under God, in spite of Satan's design to destroy and to corrupt and to defile and ruin the purpose of the Lord. Now, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem, thinking, of course, he was destroying the baby Jesus, right? But how deceived he was. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the Magi. And that was a fulfillment of a horrible prophecy in the book of Jeremiah 31. A voice heard in Ramah, Weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. Hundreds, perhaps, who knows how many, children were killed. And I say, Lord, Satan did everything he could to destroy baby Jesus and failed, failed. Now, what happened next? Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, friends. Here comes another dream. And when Herod was dead... Behold, an angel of the Lord, probably Gabriel again, appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for those who had sought the child's life are dead. So obeying God again, who spoke to him through the angel, Joseph took the child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, he was a deadly bloodthirsty ruler in Judah, was reigning over Judah in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. And then one more dream, the fourth and the last. Listen to verse 22. 
When he heard, that's Joseph, heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Archelaus was a very wicked, bloodthirsty ruler. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee and came and resided in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. A word of despising, a degradation. You remember what Nathaniel said to Philip, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He was in a city of reproach, you see, of, of uh, compromise with Gentiles. And that was a, the context, the, the circumstance, the environment in which the Lord Jesus Christ lived for th- a th- nearly a third of a century. Amazing. Now, friends, what about these dreams that Joseph had from God and through an angel? Is this a legitimate way to listen to the voice of the Lord? Uh, what do you say to people who say, well, I had a dream and God told me this or that? Be very, very careful about this. Listen to the warning. And Joseph knew this too, I'm sure. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, in other words, a miracle, to confirm the dream, wow, and the sign of the wonder comes true, concerning which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. Now, wait a minute. My, what a test that is. This dreamer comes along and has a miracle to confirm. God is saying, no matter how miraculous, how spectacular, how impressive this prophet may be or this dreamer of dreams, don't you believe him for one minute if he gives the wrong message. And so God warned his people Israel about this kind of person who would come along. And we know, don't we, that at the end of this age, during the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist will perform sign wonders and miracles, but he'll have a false message to worship him and really Satan. You see, that will be the mark of the beast. That'll be the final test whether people know and love the Lord or not. So what were the ancient Israelites supposed to do with a false prophet who had spectacular credentials even? Listen, you will not listen to that words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is what? Testing you, listen to that, friends, to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So you see, friends, we have a a guideline, a frame of reference, a ruler that's called the written word of God to tell us what the mind of the Lord really is. So no matter how spectacular somebody's claims may be, some faith healer, some miracle worker comes along, don't believe him unless he does what? speaks the truth, the truth of God, conforming to what God has said in his word. So back here, it's really terrifying, isn't it? God so loved his people, he wanted to prevent them from being poisoned, you see, with satanic, demonic, wicked error. Listen to what he had to do. He said to them, you shall follow the Lord your God, this is Deuteronomy 13, 4, and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, Cling to him. But, here it comes, this is shocking, are you ready? But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Why? Because he counseled rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. But wait a minute, it gets worse. Verse 6. If your brother, your mother's son, or your son, or daughter, or the wife you cherish, or your friend, 
who is as your own soul, entice you secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, whom neither you nor your fathers have known, of the gods of the peoples who are around you, near you or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other end. What are you supposed to do? You shall not yield to him or listen to him, and your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare or conceal him. But you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be the first against him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. So you shall stone him to death, because he has sought to seduce you from the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Then all Israel will hear and be afraid, and will never again do such a wicked thing among you. You say, how drastic. Yes, but listen, friends, how loving is this divine surgeon, who must, what, cut out cancer that will destroy the whole body, the whole system. What would, what would you think of a surgeon today? He said, I don't want to hurt you, I don't want to cut you, and you, fa- and you finally die. You know, friends, we're so susceptible to poison, things that will destroy us. And that is especially true of the spiritual body. The church, as in ancient Israel, the nation, God drastically warns them over and over repeatedly, don't you dare listen to false teachers that come your way. So if you have a dreamer of dreams, and Joseph, as we've said over and over, was a dreamer of dreams, but he had integrity. He got his message from God, didn't he? He said, you will do what God has said in the Old Testament prophets, fulfillments of Isaiah 7.14 and all the prophecies, Isaiah 53 of Jesus, fulfilled literally exactly as God had said. That's the infinite difference, dear friends, between this dreamer of dreams in Deuteronomy 13.1 and the dreamer of dreams named Joseph, the husband of Mary. And today, friends, what's the application? Listen carefully. There are all kinds of false teachers everywhere on radio and television, on internet and computers, everywhere, false messages, distorted messages that are designed to what? Pull people away from the one true, loving, gracious, living God to some God that Satan and demons have brought to our attention to attract us and drag us away. You say this is an awful situation to live in, but but remember, there is no temptation taking you, friend, or me, that is not common to man. But God is able, with the temptation, to make a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. It is Say, Lord, I'm not sure about this. Ask your pastor if he's a godly man. Uh, if, you're, if your father or mother are godly people, ask them. Go to some Christian that you have confidence in. Ask that person. Don't jump to conclusions. You say, but he looks so spectacular on my television screen. He was performing miracles. But friends, wait a minute. God is not mocked. He knows how to, what, teach us, warn us, equip us, and prepare us. Because Satan does these kinds of things to, what, send false prophets, deceive people, because he doesn't want people to learn about the living God. And I say thank you, God, for teaching us these vital, drastically important issues that determine life or death, reward or loss, before the Lord when we meet him someday soon. So if God warns us against dreamers of dreams that lead us to false gods, how do we know that Joseph had a valid dream? Answer, because everything he dreamed was in total conformity to God's previous revealed will in the Bible. Back to Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 53, all these passages of Messiah were completely and perfectly enunciated and implemented through the dreams that God gave to Joseph. 
So we say thank you, Lord, for this measuring stick by which we can know whether dreams come from you or come from Satan, from the human heart that is deceitful above all things. Thank you for Joseph, the husband of Mary, a godly man who received direct revelation from God and obeyed the Lord and was faithful to what he was called to do. And furthermore, friends, think of this. These dreams that God gave to Joseph through the angel were not things that made him wealthy and happy and prosperous and secure. It cost him something to obey the revealed will of God in his life. It wasn't something that built him up financially, success-wise, and that is an important measuring stick, isn't it, as to what God's perfect will for you and me might be even today. That's Dr. John Whitcomb bringing us a lesson on the character and integrity of Joseph with spiritual application for us today here on Encounter God's Truth. We trust that this unique series will prove to be both thought-provoking and heartwarming for you this Christmas season. Dr. Whitcomb, this is a remarkable story about Joseph and his four dreams. Like his Old Testament namesake, Joseph, the son of Jacob, this Joseph, the husband of Mary, had dreams from God that ultimately led him to Egypt. How would you compare and contrast these two men? Friends, I invite you to look with me at Genesis chapter 37, the amazing story of Joseph, a 17-year-old son of Jacob. He was a godly young man. He loved the Lord. Listen to what happened. He was with his brothers while still a youth, pastoring the flock, and came back to his father to bring a bad report about those brothers. Now Jacob, that's Israel, loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. Now that was a mistake, wasn't it? A temptation to those wicked brothers to malign him and hate him. And his brothers saw that his, their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on a friendly term. Then Joseph had a what? A dream. Can you imagine this, friends? The comparison with Joseph, the husband of Mary. Joseph, back there, the son of Jacob, had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, Please listen to this dream which I've had, and told them what was going to happen. And they hated him even more when they heard these words. Verse 9, Now he has still another dream, and told his brothers, Lo, I have still another dream, and behold, the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down before me. He related it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? And then, tragically, the father sent him off way up north, fifty miles north, to watch what those brothers were doing. He said, Give me a report of what's happening. Find out about what they're doing and what happened. When they saw him coming... From a distance, they said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say, A wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. What did become of his dreams, dear friend? Listen, that was the means by which God got him down to Egypt. Years of suffering, affliction, sorrow. But what happened? He was finally, as you know, promoted to the second of the Pharaoh to prepare a home, a dwelling place for his father and his brothers and their families for hundreds of years. God used affliction by means of what? Dreams. You know, he went to Egypt 
to help what? The survival of that nation. The Joseph of the New Testament, the husband of Mary, was sent by the angel of God to Egypt to do what? To protect him from the destructive hand of the wicked king of Judea so that he could be the savior of his people. I say, Lord, what an amazing comparison between these two Josephs, both of them dreamers of dreams, under God, righteous men who really suffered for what God told them to do. They were humble, they were obedient, they were God's instruments to bring the rescue, deliverance, salvation to the nation. I say, Lord, maybe this is just a coincidence, the comparison of these two Josephs, but to me it's fascinating to see how one part of the Bible really sheds light on another and gives us some insights that are precious and valuable for us even today. May God bless you, friend, as you search the scriptures daily to see whether these things are really true. Thank you, Dr. Whitcomb, for that fascinating comparison. Encounter God's Truth is a presentation of Whitcomb Ministries, Incorporated. And if you are blessed by this program, we encourage you to show your gratitude to the outlet on which you're hearing it and thank them for bringing it to you. And remember to visit us online anytime at whitcombministries.org. We especially hope that you'll meet with us at sermonaudio.com forward slash Whitcomb, where we're featuring Christmas messages all month long. And we hope to see you on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Whitcomb Ministries. Our theme there this month is Prepare for His Coming. And you'll find special devotionals and audios from Dr. Whitcomb for this Advent and Christmas season. Next time, we'll engage in a survey of Christmas in the Pentateuch. Now, for Dr. Whitcomb, I'm Wayne Shepherd, wishing you God's blessing as we draw near to Christmas. Christmas.